0: Dot com. Second thing is, if you're not aware of it, Josh Lajani and I have a book that is free on Amazon Kindle. It's called Sick to Fit. And if you just go to Amazon and search for Sick to Fit, you'll be able to download it for free and read it on any Kindle-enabled device, even a phone, smartphone, tablet, computer whatever. All right, let's get to today's episode. This is the Plant Yourself Podcast. I'm Howard Jacobson of plantyourself.com and wellstarthealth.com. This podcast is part of my mission to help you live an extraordinary and expansive life. So as you might expect on the Plant Yourself Podcast, we talk a lot about plants. But mostly I talk about plants in terms of their nutrient properties, their ability to heal us when we eat them. Things like broccoli, kale, potatoes, peanuts, you know, like ordinary supermarket and farmer's market types of foods. There are other plants, though, that are far less understood, at least in our modern Western culture. And I'm talking about plants that are considered around the world to be teacher plants, to have intelligence and to be able to drill down into us and help us heal ourselves. And these include the psychedelics, such as the psilocybin found in many types of mushrooms, uh, San Pedro, ayahuasca. And today I'm going to be talking with a couple of folks who use a plant that is native to West Africa. It's called iboga, I-B-O-G-A. And it's known around the world uh, for its ability to profoundly and quickly help people overcome very nasty addictions, including heroin. And with the publication of Michael Pollan's book last year, How to Change Your Mind, the study of psychedelics and the legitimacy of the study of psychedelics has taken a huge leap forward. So hopefully science will be able to validate and devise some best practices and create some safeguards around the use of these plants, which actually have been used safely, uh, medicinally, spiritually for hundreds, if not thousands of years by native peoples around the world. But, you know, if you want to get something into our Western paradigm, we've got to sort of tame it and control it a little bit. Anyway, today I talk with Amber Antonelli and Anthony Esposito. They run the Awaken Your Soul Retreat Center in Costa Rica, and they use um Iboga, as a means of helping their clients and their guests heal from various kinds of trauma, not only from addiction, but from emotional abuse. Um, They describe the plant as a hunter for the truth, that it kind of goes into you, gives you what you need, shows you what you need to see and understand so that you can break past old limiting beliefs and dysfunctional patterns. And Amber and Anthony share their own personal stories of encounters with psychedelics, their profound healings from the emotional traumas of their own past, and their understanding of the spirit and purpose and intelligence of Iboga. It is a challenging conversation. I find it fascinating, and I hope you will as well. Two quick things before we get started. One, Kevin Davis and I are going to be holding another well, start coach training program. It's going to begin early November 2019. If you're interested, wellstartcoach.com. And second, Josh Lajani and I will be holding our very first in person small group retreat, and that will be in North Carolina the weekend of November 14th to 17th. If you'd like more information about that, just email me, hj at plantyourself.com. All right, let's get to it. Let's hear all about eboga. without further ado. Amber Antonelli and Anthony Esposito, welcome to the Plant Yourself podcast.
1: Thank you. Good Thank to be you. here.
2: Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having us. Our pleasure.
0: Yeah. So first we have to, we have to explain to everyone why we have a foreground and a background person. So a- I- Amber, you're sitting on the floor because
3: I, I can give the full <laughs> because because of that. Okay. It's a little- I'm, I'm doing about Could be any,
2: three any, days, any three day
3: days.
0: Day so, um, awesome. Yeah. And for, and for those, for those of you who are listening and not watching the video, we got to see a, a beautiful pregnant belly, uh, just a f- a couple of days or a few days away from giving birth. So you're, yeah. so you're on the, you're on the floor in front and Anthony, you're, you're on the couch.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. Comfy couch. Comfy couch. Yeah. Well, d- smaller don't, belly. Smaller <laughs> belly. Right. Don't don't do what I did when uh, when my wife was in labor with our first uh, uh, first one. She was in the like the jacuzzi tub at the birthing center. And I was sitting on the edge of the tub and I kept complaining about how uncomfortable I was. Uh, uh, That's a no no. No.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Hopefully
3: hopefully he has enough sense to to, to feel that.
2: one out. I do plan on blowing this one a few times to make her laugh a bit. But we'll see how that goes.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Plants to blow the horn as soon as their head pops
0: out. As soon as I see the head. Yeah. Okay, good. It's always good to have a plan. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah that's, our,
2: that's our
0: birthing plan. Yeah, we we'll Yeah. All right. So uh, we're here to talk about plants, and I talk about plants with people all the time. It's the Plant Yourself podcast. But today we're going to go a little bit deeper. Um, we're not just going to talk about plants in terms of their chemical properties, but I think in, t- in terms of plants as teachers and information. Right. Yeah. So so um, but at, this, you know, at the same time, like we're going to be talking about uh, like a couple of specific plants and specifically this plant called Iboga, or is that how you say it?
3: Yeah, Iboga or yeah. Iboga, it's uh, pronounced both ways.
0: OK, if I were in Gabon, how would I pronounce it?
1: Iboga.
0: Iboga. Iboga. All right, so I'll I'll try to be as realistic as possible. So iboga is a plant um, um, that, well, describe it. Uh,
2: Go for it, kid. Yep. So iboga grows naturally in equatorial Africa, um, and so West Africa. It uh, it grows in, in Gabon. Cameroon, and, and parts of the Congo, all three of those countries uh, border each other, that, that's Isabel. And uh, in Gabon, because there's, uh, it seems like it, it's growing the, the most prevalent there or the, or the strongest there, because there's, uh, there's elephants in, in the country Gabon, and the fertilizer from their poop helps to, um, to grow the medicine and, and strengthen the aboga tree.
3: They actually eat the, the elephants eat the medicine as yeah. well. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The, the, the
2: yeah.
3: national treasure of uh, Gabon as well.
2: Yeah.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. So,
2: yeah, so that's where it's growing uh, naturally in, in those three those three countries.
0: Okay. And what does it look like?
2: It looks. It's it's amazing how uh, how powerful the, the the medicine is. How, how strong the medicine is. That it's just a little bush, a little a little tree. I mean, grows somewhere between maybe five feet to, to ten feet. Um, kind of like uh, has a little bit of a, an orange fruit on there. Beautiful, vibrant green leaves, and the the alkaloids, the, the medicine is in the second layer of the root. So um, there's a there's a video on on our website of uh, them harvesting the medicine. And so they'll get down on their knees and They'll start shaving the the root of the tree. They don't necessarily pull the whole tree out.
3: Yeah, they do it um, in a very sustainable fashion, which it, is it, nice. It,
2: yeah. And so, like the second, the third layer of the root is where all the, the bitterness and all the the alkaloids um, appear.
0: Uh huh. Okay. And and what does it do? Wow,
2: what what does what does it do? What it does do. <laughs> um, Iboga is is a teacher plant. It's um. And so it has a very high level of intelligence. Um, the medicine is really ancient; it goes back a, a very long time. Um, some would say, yeah, some would say a thousand years. Um, some would say a hundred years. And the idea behind ingesting the, the spirit of the medicine is to is to go within, is to is to learn about. Um, our, our lives is to is to study you know the energy um, of our being to, to learn about who we are and why we think the way we think and why we feel the way we feel and um, we like to say that Boga is the is the greatest hunter for the truth and that it, it never misses its target so the when we ingest the medicine the the, the spirit of the medicine and its intelligent gets on board with our soul, our, our spirit, and our infinite wisdom. And so the, the combination of, of our soul and our spirit and, and the spirit of a voga, the intelligence of voga, it knows everything about us. And, um, and so
3: this, this happens, just to side note, it's through a psychedelic type experience yeah. um, is, is typically how that happens. And it shows up for everyone in a different way, so no journeys are the same. Uh, No two experiences that the same person has in one week would be the same, but it does everything that Anthony is describing by essentially moving the ego out of the way and connecting with that person's higher wisdom through a psychedelic type experience.
0: Okay. So, 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 So one of my roles here is to be the proxy for my listeners who may have no idea what you're talking about. So 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 I'm like, there's two there's two things that I think are going to be speed bumps for folks. One is you say this plant has a high level of intelligence and it's a teacher. What does that mean? How do how do plants have intelligence? I mean, I grow plants and they grow and they die and I eat the broccoli and I pick the cherry tomatoes. I don't think of them as having intelligence in the way that like you know, like who has intelligence, like a person who says smart things has intelligence, a dog or a pig has intelligence, they can figure things out and learn things. But uh, what's the definition that you're applying to intelligence in a plant?
3: Well, so, you know, I think we tend to quantify intelligence with the presence of an actual brain, right? And, And I think that you know, most people believe that human beings are the most intelligent life forms on the planet, even though, right? You
0: know, <laughs> yeah, we're many- we're doing great, right?
3: <laughs> we're doing, yeah, we're, we're really, we're really on top. <laughs> um, we are in certain ways, in certain ways, we're not. But that, uh, you know, we have we have a leg up over, you know, any of the other life forms, like a cat or a dog or a pig, as as you mentioned. Um, you know, because we have we have sort of the logical mind, like we're not only working from from instinct, but, you know, I mean, that's a whole other topic. We don't want to go down that road necessarily. I don't know that I believe that humans are the most intelligent beings on the planet, but we certainly, you know, we have capabilities beyond what we've seen, you know, with with just sort of your average animal. But in terms of of intelligence of a plant, a plant may not have a brain per se in the way that we see that, um, you know, show up for a human being or an animal, but there are, you know, if you look at the emergence of the popularity of psychedelics as emotional healing, uh, components these days, you know, with, with, uh, psilocybin, you know, mushrooms being one of the more popular ones right now. Um, 5MEO DMT or regular DMT, Uh, DMT actually exists in a lot of living things, Um, ayahuasca, iboga, wachuma, or San Pedro, mescaline, you know, there's a lot of plants that are known for being able to move the ego out of the way and access the higher intelligence that is already present within each individual person, Um, you know, we tend to... We have a, a spirit that is that is our highest wisdom, and then we have the ego that you know informs our decisions about you know brushing our teeth and you know making regular day to day decisions. But it also is responsible for keeping us safe. So in our lives, when we get wounded over the years, as everyone does, you know younger life trauma, older life trauma, just being out of the world, working too much, um, you know, doing doing, you know, participating in addictive behaviors, et cetera, all of that is driven by the ego. So the plant intelligence actually connects with our own highest wisdom. So in terms of, you know, what to say to the, to the listeners or the viewers about a plant having intelligence, I mean, that's, that's a kind of a scientific, there's a, there's, a, there's a higher level scientific answer that we could use. Um, but there also just is a lot of uh, data specifically more recently that these plants are are very, very capable of moving our own um, conditioning and pretenses out of the way and connecting with who we really truly are in our in our essence. Mm-hmm. Does that answer your question at all?
0: Yeah, well, I mean in some ways. You know, like the answer to like we can talk about like intelligence, but when we're really talking about like the plant interacting intelligently with us, it's not something that you can explain to someone.
3: <laughs> That's probably actually really good.
2: Basi, <laughs> and, and ba- Basi, Basse B A S S E means uh, truth in in wiki, in the in the tradition where yeah where the medicine is coming from. So I- exactly. Yeah. H- how do you explain this is a, a personal experience?
0: Right. And, you know, and also if we're, if we're, you know, I am my ego, right. And in, in terms of the way I function in the world. So to if you tell me there's something else beside the ego or I can quiet the ego, then I'm like, well, who the hell am I now? Like, I don't I don't I don't even you know, it's hard to imagine having a place to stand.
3: Yeah. Well, but so think about when you you know, when you decided to make the shift from the old lifestyle that you were living um, into into this new lifestyle and being of of um, being aware of how you're treating your body and how you're interacting with the foods that you eat and I'm assuming some of the thoughts that you think I mean you know that the wellness goes much further than just the food that we put in our body right it's a very holistic process sure so you know when you decided to make that transition for yourself for your family there was a piece of you. That was feeding you information saying, What what the way you're living right now is not is not really working. There's a better way. I sense that that probably wasn't coming from the ego. I sense that was coming from a deeper place inside of you that was saying, you need to search for a way that's gonna actually help you live this life to the fullest. And that is really where we receive people. That, that come to work with us because they know that the way that they're living, whether it be with anxiety, depression, maybe they want to change their diet. We have a lot of people that come to us working on just living a more full life. They're not necessarily working only with trauma and PTSD and, you know, all of these things that so many of us suffer from, Maybe they just want to fine tune and take their experience, this life experience, to the next level. That's coming from a place deeper within them than the ego just telling them, you know, well, this is what I should be doing. It's coming from a knowing that's within us. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. And, that's, and it's still hard to believe in, right? Because the ego wants to take credit for everything. Yeah. Right. right yeah. Right, so in a, in a sense, there's a there has to be a, a a leap of faith into some other state of consciousness than the ego.
3: Of course, yeah, absolutely, right. yeah. You have to you have to be willing to 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 put the ego in the back seat, so to speak. The idea is not to kill the ego. It's yeah. not to destroy it. It's yeah. not to um, dissolve, dissolve it. Right. You know, there's a lot of spiritual teachings that that. Um, that espouse that, that we're trying to disintegrate the ego. Anthony and I specifically don't, don't believe that. We think that the ego is, yeah, Mm -hmm. we we need it. And, And so it's a healthy balance, but yes, you do have to be willing to put the ego aside to absorb, um, you know, whatever information may be coming through. But I mean, listen, the bottom line is that we have people that say, and this is not just people that work with us. This is sort of an overall an overarching, um, consensus that you can receive 10 years of psychotherapy in, in one night working with this medicine and in ways where it actually reprograms your subconscious mind. Whereas psychotherapy is working with the, the conscious mind and the subconscious is 95% of the operating system. So if you're working only with the conscious mind to try to reprogram the way that you operate around the types of relationships or addictive patterning or, um, you know, whatever it may be, the the way that you eat, if you're only working with the conscious mind, you've got 95% of of the operating system that's essentially working in old patterning, whereas plants like iboga, ayahuasca, and all of these other medicinal plants will work with the subconscious to actually start to remove some of those groups.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. So before, before we get into how that actually works and what it does and what the evidence is and what you guys do... Um, maybe it'd be useful for for to introduce our guides. Like you guys have both have, you know, journeys, life journeys of of wounding and recovery. So I think it'd be it'd be useful for for uh, my audience to kind of get to know you a little bit. Can you each do a a couple minutes, um, you know, introduction to yourselves?
3: Yeah,
2: totally. You to start. Yeah. Um, so for for me. Well, I think like anybody, the, the, the wounds started re- early on. I mean, wounds can start when we're in the, the, the mama's belly. Um, but for me, it was, uh, as a young child, it, it was it was sexual abuse. So sexual abuse from, from my stepbrother and um, and a long story short that, that, that caused a lot of trauma in my life. By the, by the time I was, you know, 15 or 16 years old, they had me on uh, antidepressants and Anti-anxiety medication, because I was starting to get really angry. You know, as I was starting to get in touch with my feelings as a as a teenager, you know, I started punching holes in the wall, and um, I was I was angry, very angry. I was I was lashing out.
0: And did you did you connect it to the sexual abuse in your mind, or was it just
2: at the time? No, uh, at the time, I, I neither did
3: anyone around him. Yeah, no one because, thought there was something else going on.
0: Just like yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, so it's like Anthony's wild and out of control, and we got to sedate him somehow.
2: And that, that was it. I
3: Which mean, is very common. Nobody, yeah. nobody really looks deeper into what's happening with kids. They just want to put them on medication. Yeah, anyway.
2: yeah. No, no one knew. No one knew what was going on. And and for me, the only outlet that I had was was sports. I was a really, really good baseball player, and and going onto the baseball field was the only place that that I felt safe.
1: Like hmm. I felt
2: okay, safe here this is a game that I enjoy, I'm good at, I'm getting recognition and I feel well protected. And, um, and so I put all of my energy into, into playing sports. And, um, and sometimes that could be a, 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 of a fault to, to somebody when you're putting all your energy into something, all of a sudden that collapses, what, what do you have? And, and so for me, you know, it led to, I think that my childhood led to a lot of self-destructive behaviors led a lot, uh, a lot of anxiety and, and self-hate, and um, just being uncomfortable in, in my own skin. I mean, that was really the, the bottom line for me. I, I just did not feel comfortable. I wanted to run from everything. Uh, I, I never really understood what it was like to uh, to be in touch with my own feelings and, and to really know who I am. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until my early twenties that I, I left let the cat out of the bag and I and I told my family what had happened. But I essentially just dropped a bomb in the living room and then um, and then left and then took off took off with, with with my life. And the the turning point for me was in 2007. So I'm I'm 43 now, going to be 44 in a couple of days. Uh, when I was about 32, I overdosed on GHB with uh, a best friend of mine at the time, and uh, unfortunately, Justin didn't make it, and I did. And and from, from that point, some, some, what, sh- what did
0: you overdose on?
2: Uh, GHB back in the day, they called it the, the date rape drug. Um, yeah, it was
3: an accident. It wasn't something they were using on a consistent no.
2: yeah, it was,
3: basis. It was, it was um, a, it was
2: a, a very tragic accident, but from, from that, from that point is when things really started to, to shift for me. Um, because for, like I said, for the longest time, I was completely uncomfortable and uh, heavily sedated on antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication, But when that happened to me, um, it was kind of like an existential experience. And I just wanted to, after spending seven or eight days in the hospital, I just wanted to be out in nature and uh, climb Camelback Mountain. This happened in Phoenix, Arizona, and ride my mountain bike and swim. And and then it was a a couple of years after that, I I did a a self-induced detox from antidepressants. One day, I, I just... Decided we were on this beautiful island in Thailand that I just, I didn't want to take these pharmaceuticals anymore. I just, I don't want them in my body. Uh, I don't really know what to do, but I'm going to stop taking them. And um, I stopped taking the the pharmaceuticals and ayahuasca magically appeared in in our lives. It was a Peruvian shaman on this beautiful island in Thailand coming to do a retreat and, and we ended up participating in it. And that that started my my spiritual exploration with, with plant medicine, and that was in in 2010.
3: Ayahuasca would be considered sort of the 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 counterpart to iboga. Not the counterpart, but in terms of like they're they're sort of the two um, highest level teacher plants con, considered by by many. Iboga uh, having more of a masculine spirit, and ayahuasca having more of a feminine, but Ayahuasca is from the Amazon basin, and Iboga is from the African jungle, just to give some of the, the listeners a little bit of context. But there's a lot of information out there um, online, too, to, to read. Oh,
2: sure. But yeah, so, I mean, it, was, it, was, it was trauma. It was, it was childhood trauma, and, and, then, and then I would say a lot of adult trauma, you know, and a lot of uncomfortability, just being uncomfortable, heavily sedated, that, that drove me to, to a place of wanting to wake up. Yeah, Want, wanting more out out of out of my life.
0: Yeah, and b- so and before we get to Amber's story, just a couple of sort of questions of, of, about yours. Um, I mean, the story is like from for the, the untrained ear is okay. You had this bad thing happen, and then you were put on lots of drugs, and then you got off the drugs, and you started taking drugs, <laughs> right? So so kind of like you know yeah. distinguishing between. The, you know, natural plants and things like, you know. So for me, I'm listening, and I'm like, you know, the tragedy and this happens all all the time to lots of people is that they are drugged with antidepressants or anti anxiety meds and to to dampen symptoms without ever being given. Guidance on healing on on how do you actually live a life that In which these things have happened, and in which these thoughts and constellations of emotions and sensations constantly come up and and then you like the story wasn't you got off the drugs and then you went into twenty years of psychotherapy until you understood yourself right the th- the, the story was this other drug came and did something positive and generative for you that the other drugs did not do
2: yeah I got so. The, the way that, that, that I see it is the, the plant medicine is, is not a drug. I mean, the label drug, I guess it's just a, a label, but mm-hmm. like phar- pharmaceuticals are drugs and, and the street makes drugs. M- Mother nature make, makes plant medicine. And I know somebody could say, oh, well, well uh, heroin comes from, from a plant. Yeah, well, opiates or, or, or the, um, the, poppy, the the poppy, the heroin plant, is, is actually you, you can use it in acute situations that somebody might need if they're in severe pain. Um, in, a, one, in
3: a very productive way a very very for a short period of
2: time. Exactly, but once the, the street gets their hands on it, or the pharmaceuticals companies get their hands on it, and they can make it. They can synthesize the, the, the drug and get people heavily addicted to it, then it's it's a whole a whole other ball game. So, my point is is that. Um, there's there's drugs pharmaceuticals and then and then there's there's medicine
1: mm-hmm. and
2: the the medicine like that, that aboga here th- this is not highly addictive at all <laughs> so some th- this is this is actually mischeduled not before, even a like like going to injustice takes a, a lot of courage a lot of time a commitment um to 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 put this in your mouth whereas like a street drug, a pharmaceutical, if they got you hooked on them, it's just like, you're taking them like, like candy. There's no way on, on, on mother Earth's God's green earth that, that we could take this like candy. There's absolutely no way. Um, the, the, re,
3: the reason being, I'll just interject yeah. here for a second. The reason being because drugs dampen the symptoms, right? So they dampen the, 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 the pain. They, they, they dampen the way that we feel. They put a blanket over things this brings everything to the surface so everything that you try to run from that you don't want to look at that you have been trying to suppress or trying to deny comes up so that you can understand it and learn how to transform it whereas when you're taking drugs you are yeah you're masking the pain and of course in my younger years i used psilocybin and LSD and MDMA, you know, a lot of these, um, uh, medicines that are being used for healing in healing modalities now in a party type fashion. (laughs) But first of all, they're not meant that way. And then Iboga specifically, since that's the the basic topic is not something that you take for fun. It's just simply, it's not fun. (laughs) I mean, it can be, there can be really beautiful times during a journey, but it is absolutely not a recreational experience. It's not
2: recreational, but yes, it, it, the medicine can be cheeky, like the, the spirit of the medicine. Mm-hmm. But something very interesting is with, with pharmaceuticals or street drugs, typically your tolerance goes up, up and up and up, meaning that you, you need more of the antidepressant. You need more of the anxiety medication. You need more of the cocaine. You need more of the, the, the opioid. Uh, whatever it is that, that that you're using, with with iboga, your tolerance drops. So you need less and less. Like so, for us as as practitioners, a a small amount of medicine is is all I need to be able to conduct a, a ceremony. I don't need to take heroic doses or large doses to to conduct or 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 operate
3: or to even learn something about your, your own life. And the reason being is because the more cleaning you do, so let's, let's use food for an example, since that's something that you can relate to and a lot of your listeners can relate to, um, you are probably receiving a lot more nutrition from the food that you're eating now than you did. Let's just say, you know, back in the day when you were eating, McDonald's and, you know, a lot of uh, processed fast foods, you had a little bit of kale. It probably didn't make a whole lot of an impact because there was so much other toxicity in the way.
0: Mm-hmm. You,
3: that's probably a fair statement. Maybe not a scientific one, but do you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, that when, when you're good at um, integrating something, you need less of it to get the effect.
3: Yeah, sure. But, but yeah, also the, the, the mm-hmm. mental and emotional and, and phys- physical physical bodies more clean. Mm-hmm. Like for us, mm-hmm. you know, yoga is not just, um, for the mental and emotional body, the mind it's, it's also mm-hmm. for the physical body. It's a huge reset. I mean, it's been, it's been known to, um, help with diseases like Parkinson's. I mean, helping the, the gut, um, do a reset, you know, it, it really, um, detoxes the body on, on all types of, of levels. And so, um, yeah, to Anthony's point, you need less of it because things are cleaner.
1: Yeah.
0: Is it, is it like when I clean my office and it's been, it's I've, it's been months that I have to do a huge effort, but if I clean it every day, then I just have to do a little bit.
3: Yeah, essentially. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And that would definitely be the case. For people, um, you know, who, who do decide to take this journey to work with different types of, of um, you know, altered states of consciousness, which is essentially what these plant medicines do—they alter our state of consciousness. And you know, if you do it once in 1975 and then you don't do it again until you know 2019, there's a lot of time for toxicity to build up. If you do it on a more consistent basis for a time period. And really work with the information that you're receiving, and you integrate that in terms of changing your behaviors, changing your relationships, changing the way that you treat your body, um, changing, you know, addictive behaviors, etc. Then, then there's less cleaning to do all at once. Just to your your mm-hmm. point of that, that metaphor that
2: you just offered. Okay. But going back to okay. you saying it, it does make sense that, that drugs are separate than, than medicine. Yeah, like uh, the way that the pharmaceuticals advertise drugs I and mean, this. There's so many drugs out there that that are are doing the reverse effect, and I'm not saying that that all of them. Some some people might need a specific um, enhancer of an SSRI, but for, for the most part, the, these medications are are used to to suppress emotion and feeling. We just
0: lost it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, That's the cat. Sorry, cat. Sorry. There, you there we go. go. Sorry. my, my listener. My listeners mostly love cats. Yeah, yeah perfect. Good. Perfect.
2: <laughs> Definitely but yeah, I mean those, those like pharmaceuticals or street drugs most people are taking them to suppress to not feel, whereas like abaga and these other mm-hmm. plant medicines and psilocybin and fungi mushrooms, or people are taking them to to feel.
0: Right. Really, really, yeah. So be- before before we get to Amber's story, there's just a couple a couple more threads I want to follow. Um, you know, you you mentioned that. The Iboga brings everything up to the surface that you had otherwise, you know, that you're either repressing with your own internal, you know, emotional constructs or with the pharmaceuticals. When I hear that, I get a little bit worried that it's going to be some sort of like Est Tony Robbins thing where like it's going to like some people are not ready to face everything. Right.
1: Agreed.
0: So, what's the difference? You know, what's the difference between Iboga and some you know chest pounding guru who's going to break through? You know, all sort of psychically, violently breaking through all your barriers and cleaning you out.
2: That's a good question. So, one thing is certain: is that when when you have Tony Robbins, for example, pounding on your chest, he's telling you something. On, on what you should be doing with your life or how you should be doing it. Uh, whoever the guru is. And we
3: is, think he's amazing. No, just a sidebar. he's wonderful. Like, yeah, we yeah. love him. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Whoever the guru is, whoever the, the, the teacher is, whoever is telling you, the therapist, whoever's psychoanalyzing you, is telling you that you need to live your life this way. You need to do this to feel this. Okay. The other way is is if you ingest the medicine then you tell yourself what it is that you need to do so you become your own healer in essence because each one of us as human beings are, are our own healers you've healed yourself through through food and through nutrition and
3: using exercise. your intuition knowing right. that that's something that you needed to do for yourself
2: right so i i, I think what happens is is working with medicine and the medicine is not for everyone either I mean, not, not, not everything in this world is for everybody. We're not here to tell the whole world to take boga. I, I, I thought that when I first started working with it six years ago. Oh, the whole world needs to take this. But I don't I don't that approach at all because the whole world is not ready for it. And it's just not for, for everyone. Um, but the idea is, is to, to ingest the medicine and to wake up inside and to learn about yourself and to, and to really feel the experience. And to really connect to your own power and know that you have the ability to, to heal yourself if you have wounds uh, or you have the ability to make things happen in your life for you, not for somebody else telling you how you should live.
3: Another thing I'd like to add to that is that there, there's essentially two components to how these plant medicines work. And, I, and I'll group them all together because I, I feel like it's, it's a pretty fair statement to say that they both have two aspects. One is that they, as we were saying, move the ego out of the way and show us a higher, more elevated consciousness, which gives us an ability to see and understand our lives in, in a different fashion, in a way that is not clouded by a lot of the crap that we've experienced in our lives, right? A lot of the conditioning, a lot of the wounding, um, a lot of the programming that we receive from our different cultures, et cetera. Uh, So then we have the opportunity once we leave that experience to take the wisdom that we've learned and implement it so that when our mother reacts to us in a certain way or says something and we want to react in a certain way that we've reacted our whole lives, we actually have now the understanding of saying, "Okay, well, you know what? I don't need to react that way because if I do, then I'm just going to perpetuate this relationship in the way that's not really working for either of us i can see now if i respond in a different way i can start to make changes right so that's coming from the conscious mind and an an awareness that was given to you like from tony robbins tony robbins says you should do x y and z that's in the conscious mind right so you go you know same with eckhart tolle all of these teachers right this this these understandings come from a conscious awareness Then the other way that these plant medicines work is that they actually go into the subconscious as I was referring to before and begin to rewire the way that we behave. They rewire the way that we think. Uh, Iboga, um, although there are not a lot of clinical trials or a whole lot of scientific information, it can, can rewire the neuroplasticity in our brain. So a lot of the change and transformation that I've received from the medicine has just been through consistent reprogramming that sometimes I don't even have to actively engage in.
0: So, yeah. Uh, now, when I hear that, like when when I hired an electrician, I went. I spent like days on Angie's List going through the reviews. There has to be a lot of trust to to let a substance rewire your brain, because I think there's there's a lot you know a lot of people that I work with. Are, are very competent, they're, they're sort of type A's in their own lives. They've made the decisions, they've done the things. And the idea of giving up control is terrifying.
3: Totally. Well, I mean, you're absolutely right. And, and it, again, you know, to Anthony's point, this medicine is not for every person. No. And we will definitely see the people that have trouble giving up control in the ceremonial space We'll have a lot of a fight. And, you know, my mother, for example, is, is very, very into spiritual teaching. She is very open minded and awake. She believes in what we do. She loves what we do. She will not take the medicine because she's terrified of losing control. So, um, I myself have been a devout control freak in my life and, (laughs) um, I'm a recovering control freak. I don't know that I could say I'm fully recovered, but, um, there, there is a huge amount of trust that needs to happen. but if if this experience or you know whether it's evoga or whether it's it's another uh, you know consciousness elevating process that calls someone if it calls you, then someone is they're, they're willing to, to start to loosen the control. Some people that are listening to this are going, There's no way on God's green earth I would ever do that. And it's not for them. And that's okay. But for sure, there's probably a lot of you that are saying (laughs) that. But for sure, this, we have seen transformation in people in one ceremony that that is absolutely unbelievable. I mean, you know, one gentleman recently, just to give a, a little bit of context, 61 years old. Was abused by his father worse than I've ever heard anyone being abused. I mean, the stories physically, that he were telling, yeah, physically, physically, physically abused, like, like mm-hmm. whole another level. Has carried this trauma with him his whole life. Never done really any work. Used to get in fight with, get in fights with um, therapists that he worked with, and you know he was just in contra to the whole world used the F word, you know, every other word. He, he he didn't have any friends. He hated everybody. He found Iboga on YouTube. Joe, Joe, Rogan, Joe Podcast. Rogan Podcast. It Came down know. to see a few, well, I guess a month ago. Yeah. Did one ceremony. Didn't even do the second one. And his whole life has changed. Yeah. In one night. I mean, not that there's not mm-hmm. work to do. I mean, he's not just a completely different person. He, he obviously has to actively engage in change. But... Just talking to him is like talking to a whole different person now. So if you can give up the control for 24 hours, the gifts that you will receive are unparalleled. Mm. Yeah. You know, but it is for everybody. We, we get that. Yeah.
0: So let's let's segue from, you know, your uh, recovering control freakiness into your story.
3: <laughs> OK, um, so my uh, my upbringing, you know, I mean, but by, by by comparison was you know, to Anthony specifically was, was a lot more nurturing. Um, you know, parents divorced it at four years old. Um, they co-parented. And so, you know, I had two loving, nurturing parents, both of them incredibly wounded in their own right. However, coming from very, very addictive backgrounds, they themselves Mm. not addicts, but both of their parents were, and it wasn't until later in my life that I realized that I essentially grew up in an alcoholic household in the way that everybody related to one another, but there was no active drinking. I mean, social drinking, but nothing big. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, just a lot of codependency, a lot of really enmeshed behaviors. Um, I started, I didn't have a great relationship with my father. Um, when I was in my, when I started transitioning into, into being a teenager, my parents started fighting and, um, long story of course, but I had a difficult relationship with him, which, which caused also a lot of trauma that I never really saw as trauma. But now knowing what I know about child development absolutely was, was very traumatic in in a lot of ways, both my relationships with my parents, actually very traumatic. Uh, and you know, I went on to start using a lot of drugs in high school. I mean, I was doing, uh, cocaine and methamphetamines and, L S D and M D M A and mushrooms and everything, you know, started, you know, when I was fourteen years old. Fortunately I never had a, a very addictive personality, so I got out of it by the time I was eighteen or so. Um, but what, really, were you,
0: what were you what were you looking for in those drugs? Like what what was like you took you had your first experience and you're like, Oh, this is better than life? Like You
3: know, I possibly escapism really i mean there was no you know when i was using the mushrooms and the lsd since of course those are are sort of interwoven into this conversation in general i was not having any type of spiritual spiritual introspection or existential experience like what we would use it for now like now the way that these medicines are being approached mm-hmm. um is, is in a, is in a contained, a contained environment, a, a, a ceremonial environment, a very intentional fashion. I was using it all recreationally. just like, to- like
0: at raves and things?
3: Yeah, 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 totally. Um, and yeah. in combination with other <laughs> substances too, you know, so doing LSD and speed at the same time, like that's a really great idea. <laughs> uh, but so, um, really, really
0: fast hallucinations.
3: Yeah, right. Very rapid. Um, And yeah, just, you know, from, from men, when I did stop using, you know, just really unhealthy relationships with, with friends, with men, I was always rescuing people. I was, you know, always finding Mm -hmm. wounded, you know, wounded people that needed, you know, a strong rock, uh, to take care of them. And, you know, that was essentially what, what, uh, got me into the relationship with Anthony was that, you know, he was. Mm -hmm. He was a wounded soul, and I could save him. And, and basically, what that fulfilled for me was the 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 lack of space or or need to look at what was really hurting inside of me because I surrounded myself with people that were right. more wounded than I was, quote unquote. So right. Not- well, you
0: you were the fixed one. You didn't you didn't have an obvious trauma. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, I, know, I I know how to play that game.
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm, exactly. The control freak going around fix, fixing everybody else but myself.
0: Right, and all um, the, and all the fights are his fault, right?
3: Yeah, totally. Because total. he's oh. the wounded one. Right. Exactly.
0: I'm good. At, yeah. I was. I'm good at that game.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> A lot of people are really good at that game. A lot uh-huh. of people, and so. Um, <laughs> Yeah, when you know he he did the self-imposed detox uh when we were in Thailand and we found ayahuasca, I I went along just to check it out. I mean, I wasn't looking for any healing cuz God knows I didn't really need it, right? Sure, so, sure. Yeah. <laughs> it all kind of happened by accident for me, but but really what I discovered is that the way that I was operating uh didn't really make me all that happy. Mm. You know, in so many ways. And so um, no, I did not. I mean, yes, I, 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 have been, you know, actively working on healing relationships in my life. Um, but with both of my parents, you know, it's still a work in progress. I, neither of us can sit here and say, we have everything figured out because it's a journey, you know, I mean, right. um, it's, a, it's, it never ends. Um, but the way that I feel inside, the way that I respond to life around me, uh, my level of love and compassion for people and in the world is just, it's a whole different level. Um, my, you know, my mind is a lot quieter. I, I let things go a lot more easily. I'm not as hard on myself as I used to be. I used to hold myself to a very, very high standard, a very impossible standard that made me feel like shit a lot of the time, honestly. Um, and so, you know, my feeling I would say has been, a little bit more subtle and a bit more gradual than, than some. Mm -hmm. Um, but as I was saying before, it feels sometimes like a much slower reprogramming of the subconscious than it has been like these huge aha moments of transformation that, that a lot of people that we work with get. I mean, a lot of people that uh, suffer from addiction come to work with us, but that is certainly not the only, um, the only type of profile that we receive but it is a very very powerful way to reprogram the the mind my my journey with this process has been different but nonetheless um, not not any less profound I would say in terms of the how I feel before and after I started on this path
0: hmm and you know, you said, "Make it was an accident that you came along." I'm I'm not sure that you believe that.
3: No, no, not at all. <laughs> I feel like this is absolutely work that I was called to do. But in terms of like, I was never the one seeking it out. You know, again, I've sort of I'm sort of in the background, like holding things up and you know, being the support system. And, and uh, you know, Anthony went out and, and paved the way. Um, mm. And you know a lot of people that come to work with this medicine are called they they get they get the calling from it they you know they hear a podcast or they see a video or they read a book and they go oh there's something about that i need to learn more and then they go and they find out more information and then they they come and they do the medicine for me it was sort of accidental he started working with it training with it and I went down to visit him, and thought, okay, what, you know, might as well give it a shot. And then, little by little, um, I just I started receiving so much from it that it couldn't be denied. And now, you know, the 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 experience of seeing people, really seeing the, the courage, the courageous, heroic people that that come to create such huge transformation in their lives and really be a witness to that. I mean, Anthony and I, we create a healing space for people. We don't consider ourselves the healers. Like I'm not going to heal you if you wanted to come work with this medicine. That's not my job. It's your job to heal you. And it's the medicine's job to help show you part of the way, but you do the work. And so, you know, for us, it's incredibly gratifying and humbling to be able to see so many beautiful people from all walks of life that really just want a better quality of life. You know, I mean, I imagine the, the clients that you work with around food, you know, I myself have been uh, a chef for 25 years and, and after working with ayahuasca initially um, almost 10 years ago was when I changed my, my approach to food completely to, to a holistic approach and the, and the type of food that, that we offer through my culinary business uh, is very much from that source. It's very much from that place. But, you know,
0: to, to- yeah. so ha- has that changed your view of plants? Like, OK, so you've got this iboga and ayahuasca and these other psychedelics that have intelligence. Do you now look at like broccoli and spinach and carrots and peas as having maybe not the same type of intelligence, but of having intelligence that that we interact with?
3: I never really thought about it that way, but I will say that I definitely feel like that—that's a possibility. I mean, there's 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 a fungi that's—and I'm so terrible with statistics—but um, that's underground in Oregon. It's like 60 miles square or something that has an intelligence. Like it's a whole nother mm. level. Uh, that's not something that I think about directly, but I will say in terms of looking at plants as really being a a cornerstone of a healing modality absolutely i mean we i uh, my culinary business transitioned to a very plant forward concept not plant you know we're not plant-based exclusively but very plant forward and just really using food directly from the earth to nourish our bodies, just like the, the plant medicines, you know, using plants to, using medicine directly from the earth to nourish our mind, body, and soul. I feel that they're very, um, that that's, that's key for me. And it was in elevating my consciousness. The cat she is very, oh, <laughs>
1: time
3: the, yeah, that elevating, catch- you know, my consciousness, it was impossible for me to go back and eat in a different way. I mean, I, I always, I I grew up eating relatively healthy, but really beginning to understand food happened for me when, Mm. when, um, I started elevating my awareness around consciousness and in general. So, um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that broccoli doesn't have intelligence. I mean, who am I to know? Like why, why couldn't it, you know?
1: All right.
0: So I, I want you guys to describe, you know, as best you can, the, the experience that someone would have coming down. And I know you can't talk about the individual mm-hmm. inner experience because that'll be titrated for each for each person. Uh, but, you know, just kind of what what they would expect. But before that, you mentioned that there's not really scientific studies on iboga. Um, five years ago, that would have been true of psilocybin ayahuasca, DMT, but all of a sudden with like maps and, um, you know, people like Tim Ferris putting a lot of money and Michael Pollan writing a book and like the shift even in the last three years about the acceptability of of psychedelics by the psychiatric and uh, psychological communities is like, is there an effort to to su- submit to subject Iboga to scientific inquiry? Is it a sense, you know, yeah, it's at some level or does it feel like it would be it's sort of disrespectful to the spirit to, to re- reduce it, you know, to, uh, to a randomized trial.
3: Right. No, um, disrespect to the spirit. Well, so one thing to note is that Ibogaine is one of the 12 alkaloids that is present in, in the full Iboga root, And so historically speaking, and currently that has been used for, um, opiate detox, it, you know, it can, Detox someone from a fifteen year heroin addiction in twenty four to forty eight hours with very little withdrawal and very little uh, I mean you have physical symptoms in terms of reactivity to the medicine itself but in a, mm. in a very very easy fashion will you just just push her away
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, but, yeah, I find the carnivores are often the loudest in these discussions anyway
3: right right she, she wants to speak up about plant she, she plants. So there have been clinical trials done with ibogaine, and they are currently doing some. at, What is it, in Hampshire?
2: Um, University of Maryland, and I think Johns Hopkins University are, are doing.
0: Okay, but those are those are still like controlled substances, right? Like you can.
3: Ibogaine. I mean, I don't know that ibogaine is considered a controlled substance. It has been. It's still yeah, not. No. Um, I think it's a controlled
2: substance. Well. Well, I mean, it's, it's a schedule one.
3: It's a schedule one, right? But no, but it's not. They're not. Um, they're they're pushing to, to do to make ibogaine legal for drug for detox. drug detox in in the states. And so, okay. part of the purpose of these clinical trials mm-hmm. is to show its efficacy, right? Okay. And there have been studies done with Iboga and the brain, it's just not a very widespread and not a lot of, um, knowledge that's easily or information that's easily available. We have a, a good friend who is a clinical psychologist that has, uh, some really interesting information, but by comparison to so many other things, there's not a lot of it out there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, indigenously are the tribes interested in people doing clinical trials with Iboga. Probably not. No, they're not. I mean,
2: they're, like, they're not really. They're not really interested, interested in, in the medicine. Yeah, sorry. No,
3: um, that's okay.
2: Yeah, the the energy that we're feeling. They're not really interested in, in the medicine coming out of the, the, the jungles of, of Gabon. So, that, some,
3: so than than others, yeah. but yes, it is sacred to, to that yeah. respect. Um, but you know, to your point with with the emergence of all of this awareness. I mean, Michael Pollan's book has has changed has changed the game, you know, especially for a lot of, um, older people who, you know, might be a little bit more conservative in their viewpoints. And, you know, my stepdad, for example, is very, very open-minded politically and, and loves what we do and really respects what we do. But it wasn't until reading, uh, Michael Pollan's book that he was like, okay, I can really kind of get on board with this. own yeah. self. He, he, he
2: actually went and bought, um, a bunch of LSD that he was is last summer that he was thinking about taking after reading the book. He's like, yeah, maybe I should take some LSD and then it sat there for like three or four months. And then he ended up coming down to Costa Rica about five months ago. And I asked him, I said, did you ever take it? And he said, no, I, I just, uh, I don't know. Because it wasn't away. natural. He wasn't yeah, feeling it.
3: He, the just, call he call just wasn't it. feeling
2: it. Yeah. And then he, we, 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 did some, uh, a vogue with him, uh, which was really great. A, a smaller dose, a lighter dose. Mm-hmm.
1: You know,
3: year old dose yeah but, but yeah i mean the the um i think more and more like we've made such huge strides you know with psilocybin being legalized iboga was legalized in, in the in the um city of oakland uh i guess a month or so ago
0: wait uh, psilocybin's been legalized where
3: in, well, in, in, uh, in Oakland, California.
0: Well, you, I'm, just, I'm just, I'm just bringing up kayak. I need to get, I need to book a flight. Yeah. <laughs> no.
3: Legalize okay. is not the appropriate term. Decriminalize. You like okay. you, if, if you're found with it, you know, it's not legal to sell it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, all these like has
1: ah,
3: so. been with marijuana and a lot of, a mm-hmm. lot of states, but, um, yeah, the awareness is definitely spreading. And I think, you know, really the most important thing to note here is that these medicines can actually help people feel better, whereas the the pharmaceuticals just mask the whole process. And unfortunately, they have been rampantly prescribed for many, many, many years, and people are under the thumb of things that, that actually end up ultimately doing the reverse effect because a lot of these um, pharmaceuticals are meant for very short-term acute usage. And where the plant medicine comes in is that it actually, it actually helps cure the root of the problem rather than masking mm-hmm. the symptom. And so we have it grossly backwards in this country in terms of the pharmaceutical industry, in terms of the food industry, as I'm sure you are well-educated in, you know, we need to start nourishing ourselves from the inside out rather than using band-aids to help ourselves, quote, feel better for a short period of time that doesn't really impact um, anything on any real level for the long term. And so I think that more and more people are waking up to that, which is why you see the surgeons of people like Tim Ferris and Aubrey Marcus and Joe Rogan and, you know, Michael Pollan, you know, talking about these things. Uh, uh, Gabor Mate, who is one of the, the, you know, thought leaders on, on addiction and child development, working with these types of, of medicines because they actually help people change their lives for the better. I mean, you mm. know, you and do one Iboga ceremony or one retreat with two ceremonies and you go home and you change your whole life for the better. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. really, that's really what happens.
0: So, so I want to lead in, sorry, Anthony, you want to add something?
2: No, I I think you were about to go and and, and talk about, um, yeah, the retreat and what we do. Well,
0: yeah. And I want, I want, I want to, I want to introduce that question with a, like a challenge. And I hope it's, I hope it's a a well-received challenge it seems like the problem with pharmaceutical companies is that they went in, they, they went to the jungle and they converted these substances into, you know, through a capitalist system in which, like, the best thing you can do is keep people feeling good and needing more and more doses. And yet you guys charge money for the retreats. Right so there's there's a danger I want to th- I kind of want to talk you to talk about what you're doing in terms of the responsibility there's I'm also thinking in terms of like cultural appropriation like these you know you, you you mentioned the word base. you've learned a language from other people like how I'd like you to talk about what you do and how you think about it in in ways that kind of bring the spirit to the west cuz you guys are obviously you know, interpreters of this tradition for people like me who might not be able to handle, you know, a traditional Buiti ceremony in Gabon. And yet there's a lot of there's a lot of ways you guys could fuck it up. Oh,
3: yeah. Yeah, for sure. for <laughs> yes, sure. that's absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I, 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 that's the challenge. I hope I hope uh, you, you No, it's, very,
3: it's a wonderful question. Thank, thank you. Yeah,
2: thank you. Thank you for that. We. we um, it's really important. that that people understand uh, what goes into this work for us. And going to Africa and going through initiation and going through my training and my apprenticeship, uh, I've learned clearly that the the medicine and and the spirit of the medicine is is the teacher. It it is the boss, essentially. And um, it's my responsibility to to have reverence for the medicine and to honor the medicine and to, to give back to where the medicine is coming from. Um, because the, the medicine is starting to make its way out of the jungles of Gabon and Cameroon and, and parts of the Congo. And it, it's coming in, into our hands. And there's a tremendous amount of responsibility that goes into carrying this sacred medicine um, to the West and, and sharing it, uh, with the people that come to, to see us in Costa Rica. And we, you know, in terms of um, yeah, charging money for this sacred I- experience, um, this is a, a, like a, a lifestyle that, that, that we've created in order to, um, to hold this medicine and to create this sacred space. So, for example, I mean, we, we really can only physically – do 18 to 20 retreats a year this is not something that you're doing mm-hmm. every day in and day out because it takes a, a lot of energy and it takes a, a big commitment um, from us you know when when we signed up for this work the, the the medicine and just the energy around it has challenged us in so many ways um, you know for example just signing the lease on a, a 90 acre property here in Costa Rica the medicine all of a sudden started trying to Turn things upside down for us energetically, like pushing us in our lives, just yeah, got really just chaotic. In, in, a, in a very loving and beautiful way, but a very challenging way. Saying, "Are you sure that you're ready? And this is the path that you want? And you want to serve this medicine and build the bridge um, from you know the medicine from from Gabon here in in the West?" So I, I think for for me personally, I have a lot of reverence and lots of respect for Aboga. and and sharing this experience for people and creating a a sacred space, you know, creating a really beautiful space for people to, to feel safe, you know, to feel safe, to, um, to explore themselves on a deep level, to feel vulnerable, to share some of their deepest and darkest secrets with, with us, to, 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 to trust us, to, to be able to hold that space and, um, yeah, I mean I, I, I do this work because I, I found myself through um, plant medicine. You know, I was able to, to get off pharmaceuticals and was able to to heal myself and continue to heal myself and continue to to be a student of life and continue to learn and continue to shed and um and the calling was so deep, you know, from, from the medicine and, and from the tribe in Africa to to go a step further and to be able to create a a space to where to where we could serve it in a very safe and loving and, and compassionate way.
3: <laughs> I'd like to, to add that, um, the way that we serve this medicine is, is so much more palatable for the Westerner. So to your point, you know, handling, uh, getting turned upside down in a wiki ceremony in Africa. Um, I, I would be the first to tell you that going to Africa for me, I mean, Anthony's been three times. I've been once, it's not my bag. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy to, to have taken what I did from that experience and stay in Costa Rica and practice with the medicine in, in a way that makes more sense to me. And so um, the way that, that Anthony's teacher has adapted what, how they work with the medicine in, in Africa um, for the Western participant is something that we have adopted as well and adapted it in our own way. So Anthony and I carry this medicine in, in a different way than, than anyone else. And so we have a very soft approach. We offer a lot of integration uh, support. Africa, you get you get no compassion. You get no integration. You get no nourishment.
2: And not because <laughs> they don't want They just don't No, just it's just not understand. how they
3: operate. Yeah. You know, you sit well, on a, on a concrete <laughs> bench in a smoky temple for – 12 hours you know getting hammered. getting your head pounded in right. I mean, that's,
0: but, the, I, I, but but their their tradition comes comes from an intact culture where where it's expected that you are integrated into a tribe into a group of people like they they're gonna take care of you right they, they, they're not prepared for a, us atomized Westerners who right. who live on smartphones
3: yeah no 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 for sure and and a lot of the trauma that we experience in our lives as Westerners doesn't really translate to them either. So it's, you can't, they don't, they're not held in the same way, their lifestyle, their reality versus, versus ours. It's, it's totally different. And so the way that we work with Iboga is completely different than how they do it in in Africa. It's much more palatable for the Westerner. It's actually an internal process with a blindfold as opposed to being in a hot, smoky temple with, you know, a lot of music and dancing and fire and external stimulus. It's amazing. it's
2: amazing. Really amazing. No, it's it's beautiful, but it's It's not, it's just, it's just different.
3: And it's Mm -hmm. not going to give the participant the same internal process that they would get in terms of the clarity on their lives and about how, you know, what changes they want to implement like the type of journey that we hold or the type of journey that everyone that has worked with this particular shaman that, you know, they all, we all sort of use the same basic container. Um, you know, Anthony and I have our own spin on it, but, but it's the same type of process. You lay on a mattress, you have um, a blindfold and you go inward into yourself. And, you know, we take this, this, Responsibility very seriously, and our job is to provide the safest space possible for people. And you know, we don't take it on from an egoic perspective that people are coming there and we need to heal them. We we take it on from the place of wanting to make people as comfortable as they possibly can be from everywhere from emotionally comfortable to comfortable in their rooms like we have a beautiful beautiful property that is very um nourishing with nature we have lovely rooms we have beautiful food so we want we want everyone's um creature comforts to be completely cared for if people need food and coconut and water the next day so because they can't move like we want all of your creature comforts to be completely taken care of so that you don't have to worry about any of that and you can go as deep as possible inward. Africa, you're fending for yourself. You're using an outhouse. <laughs> you're you know, you're you're getting attacked by mosquitoes, you're, you know, sitting up on a bench all night like there's no it's very very hard to let your guard down and our goal is to create an environment where people feel safe to completely let go. Did that answer your question? Was there anything about your question that we didn't yeah. address? It had a few parts
0: to it. No, I think I think uh, I think you answered it.
2: Uh, yeah, I just uh, wanted to just to add one, one more. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: Maybe yeah, maybe many more. I don't know. But uh, in terms of th- this path with 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 the medicine, uh, re- requires a whole lot from from us. Like re- requires us to do our own work. Our, our own self inquiry, and it continues to challenge us on on, on many many levels. And um, yeah, for sure. And so and and test us. Like you know, are you sure that you 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 want to, to do this? And um, I've seen many people you know come into this this path or this environment and be like, "Yep, thanks a lot. Um, this is you know this is not for me." You know, we have people come on that want to train or apprentice and learn the medicine, learn how to hold space and within months you see them just getting worked, you know, on an energetic and psychological level, um, just really pushed into their own stuff. And, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lifestyle that we've created. It's a path that we've created. Um, but it's not an easy one (laughs) on an energetic. No, we do
3: it. (laughs) We do it because it's so gratifying to see people actually feel empowered to, to make changes in, in their lives. And, and, uh, You know, the beautiful thing about this medicine is that it's not something that you need on a consistent basis for a long period of time. You know, definitely depending on how much you're working with, how much trauma, how much PTSD, you know, how much conditioning, you know, some people, some people can change their whole lives in one retreat. Like we just Mm -hmm. spoke to a gentleman that we worked with a few years ago whose life was never – that he, he did one retreat, and he, he, he changed everything about his life, and now he's doing amazing. He has not come back for what we would call a tune-up since then. Uh-huh. He also worked with a young woman who did four retreats in a, you know, in a three-month she, period. Who was that? Uh, let's see. Oh. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, but she also probably won't need to work with the medicine for a very long period of time, so it's not something – that yes, it, it, it's definitely an investment financially, you know, resources involved, but it's not something that you need to work with consistently over and over and over and over again in order to receive a lot of benefit. Everybody's different. People will get a huge amount of benefit from one ceremony and decide not even to do the second one because everything is so clear for them that they feel like they got everything they needed. And then some people, you know, will, will come back, you know, in a few months or they come back once a year. I mean, it's really everybody's path is different, but it's not something that you need to work with often in order to receive a lot of benefit.
2: There's typically a, a, a lot, a lot to integrate with, with boga yeah. mm-hmm. with, with all of these uh, types of psychedelic experiences, there's a lot to integrate, but Iboga specifically seems to hold on to us or, or stay with us for a longer period of time so essentially it has or lack of better terms a longer shelf life mm-hmm. months and months after the experience we're connecting with people and people are like holy shit like my god I'm getting this wisdom I'm getting this clarity this epiphany mm-hmm. this is starting to fall out of my life this is starting to I'm starting to attract this uh, into my life and months and months even even some people you know years after you know, one retreat, Two, two, uh, two ceremonies
0: with uh, Borga. Yeah. So, all right. So let's let's end with you guys telling us how people can find you.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. So our website, our, our, our uh, retreat is called Awaken Your Soul. We are in Costa Rica. Um, dot, dot, awake, co. Yeah, your soul dot co. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. AwakenYourSoul.co. We also, we've got some great testimonials on there, a lot of information um, you know, about the medicine itself and, uh, you know, some, some beautiful testimonials about, you know, how this medicine has really helped people. There's also a lot of amazing information on YouTube, you know, if people just want an overarching, uh, you know, more information about the medicine itself. And, um,
2: but I'm, I'm always, I'm always happy to, you know, spend time with people on the phone and answer anybody's questions and, um, yeah, this is this is the decision for the, the participant to make, you know, we, yeah, we don't
3: sell anything. No, there's
2: not, no, I don't want to sell anybody to coming to in a boat retreat because the people that come to see us, I
0: want them to want to be there. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> and be
3: ready to do the work to your point, like not everybody's ready to let go of that control. And so, you know, right.
0: I, I imagine a lot of your your sales calls are actually trying to disqualify people who shouldn't be coming. <laughs>
3: good point
2: Fosse, yeah, for, for sure. Yeah, because yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and for, for going out into the world and, uh, and bringing the, the, the spirit and the intelligence of this, uh, of this healing plant to us. You're welcome. Uh, thank
1: you for doing what you're doing.
3: I mean, it's, it's really, you know, what we do and what you're doing are, are very parallel as far as I'm concerned. And, um, you know, really just, just changing the way that we treat ourselves, both on a a physical, mental and are all on a physical, mental and emotional, uh, level. And so, you know, there's no, there's no boundaries or or borders, the way that we treat our bodies, the way we treat our minds, um, you know, they all go together to create, you know, the most optimum life possible. And so thank you for the work that that you're doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Thanks for your time. Thanks for having us on, on the show. We really, Really appreciate
0: it. Yeah, it's always good to meet teammates, especially those with retreat centers in Costa Rica. So I hope I hope to meet you guys soon. Yes, really we awesome. would love
3: to have you yeah, for sure. if, if it calls you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Who, who, knows? who
3: knows? Don't hesitate. If you ever have any more questions, we're happy to answer.
0: Awesome. Thank you, yeah. Amber and Anthony. Um, be, be, best of luck on the uh, upcoming happy event.
3: Thank, Thank
1: you. you. Thank you so yeah. and, uh, we'll,
0: we'll be in touch.
1: Okay, take care,
0: Howard. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Dear listener, I'd love to hear what you think of that one. You can always drop a comment on the podcast or post in the... Plant Yourself Facebook group and let me know what you think of this conversation. It's a little bit challenging, isn't it? It Challenges a lot of our Western ideas about what plants are and what humans are and what reality is. So in a few weeks, I hope to have a conversation that will expand and continue on this one with a a researcher and author, Dr. Monica Gagliano, who wrote a book called Thus Spoke the Plant. And it's also a, a look at plant-human interactions and the idea that she uh, defends and promotes in her scientific research that plants actually have consciousness, intelligence and can make decisions and can sense and communicate with each other. So uh, hang on to your hats. So if you like the show and you'd like to support our work, you can always subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can share this on social media. And you can become a patron, a supporter of the show. The show is free for one and all, and it's supported by those who can afford to support it. So you can go to patreon.com, search for Plant Yourself, or go to plantyourself.com and look for the Patreon link on the right sidebar to become an ongoing monthly supporter of this show. If you want some more information about Amber and Anthony, you can check out the show notes for today's episode, which also includes the video. You know, at the beginning, we, we make many visual references to the fact that she's uh, immensely pregnant and sitting on the floor. And so if you want to uh, see their radiant, smiling faces and her great big belly, you can do so at plantyourself.com slash 338. So I think you're going to enjoy many of our upcoming shows, including um, Benjamin Alter on healing from within. Ray Martin, a crusty old man, old man skin and bones. I met him through the Missing Chins Run Club. He is a, a fascinating and hilarious character. You're going to love meeting him and discovering his tale of healing heart disease through plants and becoming a runner in his later years. Um, after that, we're going to talk with uh, Carly Assay, whom I've had on the show before, a long time ago. He created the documentary Unsupersize Me, and he's back to his old cinematic tricks with a whole bunch of new ones. Um, and so we talk about what's been going on in his life and how he continues his plant-based, healthy advocacy um, through through the form of video. And uh, we're also going to talk with Gwyn Whitaker, who is the creator of... Green Fair Cafe, Green Fair Organic Cafe in Herndon, Virginia, a whole food plant-based restaurant that actually gets better reviews from meat eaters than from the vegans who are looking for the uh, the usual vegan junk food. So a uh, fascinating conversation there as well. In garden news, the grapes are tantalizingly close to being ready. And we have finished um, the eggplant harvest. I've been making a wonderful Asian eggplant over rice dish that I got from uh, Kathy Hester's slow cooking, slow cooker vegan cookbook. Um, it's uh, zero oil, uh, low salt, low sugar, and just delicious. In running news, I think my feet are back. I managed to, to go to 15 miles on Sunday at the Tobacco Trail. And while my stamina is not so great... I certainly have a lot of cardio to catch up for. My foot was not hurting, and it felt really good to do 15 miles, which I did in uh, in cahoots and in solidarity with the missing chins who who announced Labor Day weekend as as our as our weekend of doing the grind of uh, of doing some extra mileage. So I want to thank thank all my chin brothers for the for their support as well. And while I'm on to thanks, let's thank Will Ridenauer, who created the theme music for this show, Sabali Don the Dance of Peace. Check out Will Ridenauer. For more of his beautiful West African kora music, hey, West Africa is the theme of today's show. And of course, thanks to all of you, Plant Yourself podcast patrons. Got a couple new 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 ones this week. Kim Harrison, Lynn McClellan, and Anthony Dyson, Brittany Porter, Dominic Marrow, Barbara Whitney, Tammy Black, Amy Good, Amanda Havley, Mary Jane Wheeler, Ellen Kennelly, Melissa Cobb, Rachel Burns, Christine Nielsen, Tina Sharp, Tina Ahern, Jen Kanofsky, David Bizek, The Mysterious Michelle X, Elizabeth Theldon, and Victoria Dolomanova, Leia Stoller, Alan Christensen, Collie Peck, Michelle Andrew, Josina Julian, Rollins, Stu Dolnik, Sarah Durkus, Rhymes with Circus, Kelly Cameron, Wayne Pederson, Leanne Peterson, Janet Selby, Claire Adams, Tom Franzek, Janet Benen, Gillis Sarah David Donahue, Blair Cyber Duran, Novizio, and Carolyn Argentati, Jody Friesner, Ruth Ann Michelle Rosen, Michael Warabek. The equally mysterious Tracy Z, Alicia Lemos, Rebecca Hughes, Val Lindemann, Rhymes with Cinnamon, Nick Harper, Stephanie Holmes, Martha Bergner, Nicole Ramsey, Susan Ahmad, Molly Levine, the inscrutable Harry R, Susan Laverty, the panda vegan Craig Kovic, Adam Sharf, Karen Berry, Heather Morgan, Ashley Corker, and Kelly Machia, D. N. Norton, Bonnie Lynch The Plant Happy Organ, Sabina Kurtzels, Nigel Davies, Marion Blum, Teresa Coble, Shell Rulers, Julian Watkin, Breed O'Connell, Brian Sheridan, Shannon Hirschman, Kate Rosland, Ayat Julie Lang, Home, Hedegard, at Jinwa. Connie Hainline, Aaron Greer, Alicia Davis, Aviva L, Heather O'Connor, Carolyn Jensen, Sherry Orlokoski of Plant Powered for Health, Karen Smith, Scott Marani, Karen and Joe Crabtree, Tanya Lewis, Kirby Burton, Teresa Carell, Kevin McCauley, Elizabeth Rothschild, Kelly Baker, Miracle and Jesse, Cheryl Dwyer, Jenny, Hazleton, Valerie Peltier, Peltier, Peter W. Evans, Colleen Harrison, Justine Divich, Joshua Summermeyer, Dennis Bird, Derby Kelly, Laurie Fanning, Linnea, <laughs> of <Woo>! course, <laughs> Let's get my I want to get again. again. Linnea Lundquist, Valerie Hummel, Deb Kassia, Emily Canelli, Levy Wallach, Rosalind McAtee, Dan Bacorny, Stephen Lehman, Patty V. Martino, Mike and Donna Karts, and Bishop, Bill Elf, Gunter Schmidt, Marjorie Lewis, Kelly Molden, Tricia Adams, Ian Kramer, Nancy Sheldon, Lindsay Bashor, Gunn, Marie Hagen, Tracy Dulles, Laura Heaton, Make from Mama Says, Rochelle Kennedy, Joan Borstein, Diane Goldman, Stacy Stokes, Ben Savage, Michael Kay, and Holly Butler for your generous support of a podcast. That's it for this week. As always, be well, my friends. So if you appreciate the Plant Yourself podcast and would like to help support the mission of the show, there's a few easy ways to do it. One is to just go to wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review. Let other people know about it. Give us some stars. Give us some love. and That really helps us be found by more people. Something else, of course, you can do is let someone know about this podcast. Someone... Uh, who you think would benefit. Send them maybe a couple of episodes that you think would uh, pique their interest or just uh, ask them to subscribe in general. And third, you can join ARMS and become a patron, a financial supporter of this show. You may have noticed that there's no advertising in the show and it's free for everyone and it's supported, paid for by those who can afford it. So if you would like to make a one-time contribution or an ongoing monthly pledge, you can do so at plantyourself.com slash gift. All right, time for thanks. Thanks to Will Ridenauer for allowing me to use his beautiful song, Sabali Don, The Dance of Peace. You can find more of Will's music at his website, com. And of course, thanks to all of you Plant Yourself podcast patrons. Kim Harrison, Lynn McClellan, Anthony Disson, Brittany Porter, Dominic Maurer, Barbara Whitney, Tammy Black, Amy Good, Amanda Heatherly, Mary Jean Wheeler, Ellen Kennelly, Melissa Cobb, Rachel Barrens, Christine Nielsen, Tina Sharp, Tina Ahern, Jen Felkonowski, David Vizek, the Mysterious, Michelle X, Elspeth Feldman, Leah Stoller, Alan Christensen, Colleen Peck, Michelle Andrews, Josina, Sarah Durkis, Rhymes with Circus, Kelly Cameron, Wayne Peterson, Janet Selby, Kara Adams, Swam Franzek, Jeanette Benham, Gil Assert, David Donna, Blair Cyber, Toronto Viso, and Carol Rogitati, Jody Friesner, with Anthunderberg, Misha Rosen, Michael Warbeck. The equally mysterious, Tracy Z, Aviva L, L- Eva La-El, Alicia Lemus, Rebecca Hughes, Val Linneman, Rhymes with Cinnamon, Nick Harper, and Martha Bergner, Susan Amon, Molly Levine, The Inscrutable, Harry R., Susan Laverty, The Panda and Craig Kovic, Adam Sharf, Karen Burry, Heather Morgan, Kelly Machia, Dean Norton, Bonnie Lynch, The Plant Happy Oregon, Sabina Kurtzels, Nigel Davies, Marion Blum, Teresa Copel, Julian Watkins, Breed O'Connell, Channel Hirsch, Shannon Hirschman, Nanda Ayat, Colm Hedegaard, Isa Tuziwakani, Hayline, Aaron Greer, Alicia Davis... Heather O'Connor, Carolyn Jensen, Sherry Olakoski, of Plant Powered for Health, Karen Smith, Scott Marani, Karen and Joe Crabtree, Tanya Lewis, Kirby Burton, Teresa Carell, Kevin McCauley, Elizabeth Rothschild, Ann Jesse Cheryl Dwyer, Jenny Hazleton, Valerie Peltier, Peter W. Evans, Colleen Harrison, Justine Divitt, Joshua Sommermeyer, Dennis Bird, Darmy Kelly, Lori Fannie, Linane Lundquist, Valerie Humble, Emily Akinelli, Levy Wallach, Rosamund McEntee, Dan McCorney, Stephen Leinen. Pettie DiMartino, Mike and Donna Carson, Diane Bishop, Bill Brielf, Gunter Schmidt, Marjorie Lewis, Kelly Molden, Trisha Adams, Ian Kramer, Nancy Sheldon, Lindsay Gun Marie Hagen, Tracy Gullich, Laura Heaton, Meg for Mama Says, Rochelle Kennedy, Diana Goldman, Stacey Stokes, Ben Savage, Michael Kay, Holly Butler, Diana David Hughes, Connie Rogers, Claire England, Sally Robertson, Parm Ganchi, Amy Daly, Brian Tourville, Mark Jeffrey Johnson, Josie Dempsey, Karen Schmidt, Pamela Hayden, Emily Perryman, Olga Ideruska, Allison Corbett, Richard Stone, Lauren Vaught, Edible Musings, Aaron Hasty, Sean Owen, Sagar Nayak, Erica Piedra, and Danielle Roberts for your generous support of the podcast. That's it for today. As always, be well, my friends.